Welcome everybody to Wolf Sheep. I'm Luis Cavedo and I'm joined by my co-host or or not co-host because it's your show too, but I'm Matthew Walker. <laughs> Matthew Walker. And I'm a little bit sick today. So if you hear clicking or coughing or other noises, um, those are brought to you by the words F L U. Well, that's okay, because like we were talking earlier, it gives you that nice jazzy baritone for... Oh, yeah. For, for all you lonely rooms. housewives out there today, we're coming to you live from the heart of Orlando. <laughs> and this topic is kind of not bluesy or sad, but it's not exactly, you know, the happiest. Uh, our topic this week, or, or what we're going to tackle, uh, is why do bad things happen? Or... Not so much why I don't know. There, there's there's a multiple way multiple ways to ask that question. Yeah, some people say why do bad things happen to good people? Right. That's what I've always heard. But I mean, when you you can't just quantify it to that particular question. I think right. you got to ask the wider set, and I think that's what we're going to try to do. The topic inception is uh, really a lot about my coworker Antonio, who who uh, is uh, is a pretty staunch atheist and. That is one of the biggest things he questions me on about my faith, is uh, is how can you believe in God when bad things happen? And uh, I've got my own explanation for it. Well, I'll get into it. Right. Uh, we'll go, we'll do it the same way we always do, with, which is with questions, and also with Gina. I intended to have her join us, but she's working; she can't today. And uh, Who's Gina. Oh, I'm sorry. Gina's my wife. Thank <laughs> you. I always, I can't assume that everybody yeah. knows, but uh, we have very different views on this. So that's why I would have liked to have her on. But so let's uh, let's jump in. Okay. So what is personally the worst thing you have experienced, seen, or gone through? Um, I watched my mom die on the front lawn of our house, <laughs> um, and I I don't laugh after that, but like. We lived in a small town, and we'd called the we'd called the EMTs to come pick her up and take her to the hospital because uh, she was unresponsive. And when they got there, um, she'd been sitting in the car, and they pulled her out of the car, and like she was just in a jumpsuit. And I think they pulled her top off, and there's my mom, kind of laying lifeless on the front lawn of our house. And my dad is there, and I'm kind of holding him back, and. Um, taking in the situation, but yeah, I think that's, that happened six years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the most vivid memories I have of the, the worst thing that could possibly happen. But, uh, um, and I'm so sorry to have even brought it up. No, no, no I, I, it's something I, when, when that question was there, you know, I had a friend die at SeaWorld with the Killowell incident, mm -hmm. but I didn't see any of that. Right. So it, although that was hard, um, for me personally, um, the worst thing that I've seen is, you know, the death of a parent, but hmm. I've, I've made peace with it and we'll talk a little more about it later, but yeah, 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 yeah. for me, that's it. Well, that, that, I asked that question just to bring some context personally. I mean, when, when I, when we ask these questions on the podcast, we, we, in a way ask it of the listener too, but right. just to get an idea and, and, and what we've experienced and what we've gone through, because obviously not everybody's gone through the same. Right. Um, I have... Um, like seeing death, I've experienced it. I've but I've never been like you have, where it's an up close, personal, one on one experience. Uh, like the most painful thing I can think of as far as death goes, 
and and to answer this question a lot of it is 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 me uh empathizing with other people right so when my great grandmother who i called my grandma because my mom called her her mom she raised her and and when she passed away she was 90 some odd uh, uh of course you know it was my grandma so I, I missed her and it was painful not to not to see her whenever we went to my aunt's house but uh seeing the effect it had on my mom like i, I have this very clear image of my mom coming down uh through the stairs uh at the funeral home where where the, the funeral was being held yeah and uh you know she's a pretty tough woman my mom and to just see her in that state oh it kills me i mean I even think about it but i thought about this question a lot and <clears throat> personally like something beyond that that i've experienced I, I i could put it down to two two things i went through okay and and this is where it's kind of i don't know maybe maybe i'm being uh easy about it because i i imagine everybody listening has a very specific event but for me i just i couldn't think of one all right so i said what things affected me and made me depressed okay so when I was maybe five, no more than six years old, I remember I was watching TV one night on my own. I remember it was dark in the room, uh, in the living room, and I uh, they had something going on about one of the Apollo missions, one of the ones that you know blew up. Right. Uh, what was it? Apollo thirteen. Right. Yeah. And uh, no, I don't think it was Apollo no, no. thirteen. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, but one of the ones. Right. And you're not the most uh, not NASA loving person. I've seen I know, the movie. So, yeah. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Yeah, the problem is we faked the whole thing. Anyway, go ahead. Right. Well, watching this on TV, I uh, I'm slowly coming to the realization as I'm thinking about it while I'm watching it that wait a minute, I'm gonna die. Oh wow. That was when I realized yeah. my first moment of mortality, where, where I said, wait a minute. People die. We, we, we don't keep going, you know. And I remember I kind of panicked and I started crying. And my sister ran out from her room. And she said, what's wrong with you? Why are you crying? And I said, I'm going to die. And in a way, she kind of <laughs> laughed. And, you know, she's like, what are you talking about? And I tried telling her, look, you know, it's on the TV. And, and she didn't quite understand this. So she was trying to con- console me. But in a way, it was good because I've experienced that early on. And I had that understanding for a long time, but initially, man, the heartbreak of, of realizing that at, at a young age, you know, and I, you know, I'm, everybody's different. So, every, you know, every, nobody has like a time of death, death stamp, I don't believe, but, you know, mine could be another 40 years down the road, but even at five years old, it was like, oh no, right here it comes. So that was wow. one. That shows that you have superior intelligence. No, no, it doesn't mean that I have superior I, no, intelligence. I, it, it just it means broke you, me. I, I don't know, but yeah, thinking that deeply at a such a young age, I remember trying to contemplate uh, eternity when mm-hmm. they talk about it at church. But for you to contemplate death at the age of five, that's pretty. It, it's interesting. I think it it shows that your brain works on a different level. A good, but, you know, not necessarily uh, a better level, but a different level. Just yeah, yeah. It, it, well, on. yeah. No, okay, I'll take it. I just. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to single me out for anything. No, but okay. it, you know, I'm. I'm the. Oh, look at the pretty colors, and you're more, you know, sequential and 
organized and well calculated than I am. I, yeah. In a way, I think that event led to the next thing that I need to share, which is okay. Um, it happened during my first trip to Disney here in Orlando. Right. Funny enough, and it must have been maybe two or three years after that. It was early on. I took a trip with my uh, sister and my aunt and my cousin because they brought us. And uh, we stayed at a uh, apartment for um, someone they knew. And one early morning, because, you know, you're a kid, you're excited to go to Disney, I ran down the stairs and, uh, you know, Orlando was fairly different to Puerto Rico. I mean, it's it's very similar climate, but it was a little cooler and I ran out. I went by... Uh, by a little lake, and I saw some kids there, and they looked like they were like poking at something. And I figured, oh, it's an alligator or something. Let me go see it. And I remember walking up to them, and because I'm from Puerto Rico, and I spoke both languages at that point a little bit, English and Spanish. Yeah. But I came up to them and I spoke to them in Spanish. Yeah. Like, what's going on? And uh, the head kid, we'll call him the head kid. It was like three kids. Yeah. He turns around and he looks at me weird, like you know. Who the heck are you? And I kept approaching, and I'm and I tried speaking. Oh, what are you guys doing? And all I remember is just I got punched right in the face, and and it was a shock. It was just a complete shock, like out of nowhere. You know, these maybe they were six or seven year olds, seven, right. seven or eight year olds. I don't know, but they they looked at me and they walked away. And I remember just sitting there on the ground and thinking. What the heck just happened? You yeah, know? yeah. I just—that's when I think I realize human nature. I mean, that, and I'm not—I don't want to, you know, put everything into that central idea that this is, you know, warring and 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 violence is our nature. But I understood that. Wait a minute, you know, <laughs> I don't know if it was because they didn't understand me or what, but I remember going back upstairs and I had tears in my eyes and I locked myself in the in the bathroom. And I cried it out, and then I just said, okay, well, you know, on to Disney, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I had a nickel. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, wow, that's weird. I, w I still want to know what they were poking at. I figured it was an alligator or something, because they yeah. were by the lake. And my aunt kept saying, don't go near any lakes, because there's alligators in right, Florida, you know? Right. <clears throat> but yeah, it was <clears throat> it was a tough, tough lesson to learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> All right. Let's keep it going. I'm okay, sorry. I don't right. I, I, I'm the one talking a lot today. So sorry oh, it's about okay. That. Yeah. So what is the absolute greatest evil you've seen occur in the world? Whether it's happened to you or you see it happen elsewhere. Paying $15 for cold medication <laughs> at CVS, I think. Might be one. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. You go first. Okay. To me, it's really uh, more so because it happens to kids, but, you know, sexual assault or human trafficking yeah. or anything like that I see that, when I see that happening, I think of to myself, there's people willingly participating in this. Not just the people that facilitate it, right? but the people that are willing to pay for it yeah. and walk away from it. At every level. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, to me, that's the hardest thing to see. You know, it's it's really rough. Yeah, I think for me, I definitely, you know, I don't want want to not be on the bandwagon for that one. You know, mm -hmm. that that's definitely an atrocity. But 
I think when I traveled to the Dominican, you know, I've seen, I've been in Colombia and they drove me through some of the poor, poor neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know, where there's just poverty everywhere. But going to the Dominican Republic and going into these little towns called Bates, mm-hmm. um, just like naked babies running up to you, throwing their arms up, and you just kind of hang on to them, you know. This and was your first. That was my trip, first right? trip, just yeah. recently. Yeah, I've avoided going into on mission trips. I'd always write checks to people, but I didn't want to <laughs> go myself because I just didn't know how I would do. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to go somewhere and just play with kids. I wanted to go somewhere and build a church or build a house or mm-hmm. leave something behind. And I think. Seeing those kids that have nothing, and they're no different than any of us. They just were born someplace else, mm-hmm. you know. And some of the kids were born out of incest, and some of the kids uh, just have nothing, you know. We 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 brought one family to the hotel, and we um, let the parents, or the mom and the grandmother, shower, and then we went to shower the babies. Mm-hmm. And one of the little boys just kept saying in, in Spanish, I want to shower, I want to shower, I want to shower. <laughs> and he was like third in line. Uh, and the other two weren't having it. But that was probably their first shower in months or weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like looking at the, the ultra rich or just the people who have oodles of money who are out buying supercars and then people who have absolutely nothing. And so to me, that's like the biggest form of evil. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Not that not that people that make lots of money don't deserve it, but the fact that there are people, you know, and there's that kind of contrast. Yeah, yeah. No, we I, we made a trip there, um, with with a missions team before, and uh, yeah, it was it was eye opening. It was a it's a rough experience. I mean, what I found interesting though is that you go there with a mission, you want to. Oh, you know, okay, we're going to build the house, we're going to do this, we're going to try to edify the buildings in some way. But what you end up doing more than anything, and what helps the most is spending time with people and kind of, yeah, the, you know, the human connection. Pouring into them, yeah. yeah. And then they pour back, too, because you yeah. walk away from it with a different perspective and experience. Yeah, it was, a, it was certainly life-changing, making it out there. And again, sorry if it's a downer of a show <laughs> or, or welcome, an episode. Welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So have you doubted God or his existence based on these things? Oh, well, not hearing you ask, hearing you ask that question, it sounds different than it reads. I've never doubted the existence of God, mm-hmm. but I have doubted whether I'm a priority or whether I'm on the back burner. Or whether he's allowing me to go through something to get to the, like the next level up, and mm-hmm. kind of like God's a video game, you know. So, I think I have. There have been moments where my life's not going right, and I think you know, well, I did something to bring this about, and mm-hmm. until I fix it, it's not life's not going to be right, and God's not going to love me, or God's not going to allow any good things to happen. Uh, and then if something bad does happen, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I, I must have set that in motion or God must, you know, God must be punishing me. I think it's a mature mind that says God's allowing these things to happen, you know. Yeah. One of my friends, 
who does some of the conferences that I, I'm a part of, she says, you know, stuff is not happening to you. Mm-hmm. Stuff is happening for you. You know, and it changes the subject of the sentence. You know, it, it's for your betterment or for um, your awareness. It's not to you personally. Mm-hmm. You know? No, but it is it is a personal, I guess, opinion that you have to develop. Right. Because right. when I think in, you and I are both of a similar mindset, when th- bad things happen to us personally, you and I, regardless of what we may believe, ultimately, the first thing I think that pops in mind is, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. What did I do? You go, you backtrack, and it's like, did, I, did, did this yeah. occur and do this? And is, you know, and I'm not... Well, it's easy if you made a bad financial decision. Right. You know, but it's not so easy if things just aren't going your way one day, and you're like, what did I do yesterday? It's mm-hmm. almost like, what did I eat? <laughs> And and not that that's the view that we have, but it's just it it happens, it comes up. Um, have I doubted God because of bad things happening? Because you know, human trafficking, sexual assault happens, or what I've gone experience happens. Um, I haven't doubted his him. I think I start to question it. What do you okay? what do you start to question? I I question how both things coexist our creator god christ yeah. and a world that's this way and and i and i try to try to you know connect the dots and okay right. but i always complicate it further beyond i need to right and and i'm not going to say i you know i'm blasé about it yeah. but i'll get to it eventually with with the questions we're going to but i just let it go and i say well i'll understand it one day Right, you know, for for me, you know, I believe I, we go on to something else after this. But I'll figure it out then. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep too often about this. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and this is uh, this is the one that that my wife and I get into discussions about. Not you know, fights, but just you know, she she pushes her point, I push my point. Well, here, here it goes. Do you believe God allows bad things to happen? Oh, is that a question to me? Well, for both of us. I mean, the thing is that <laughs> we're not, for you, the listener, and, and just for you and I, I'm not expecting us to give each other the definitive answer. No, I, you know, like when you put out the list of topics, mm-hmm. this one was like a turd on the bottom of the punch bowl. I'll be honest. <laughs> I was like, Mm-mm, never, I'm not going to talk about that. I right. don't. I don't have any knowledge of that, and everybody has their own opinions, and if you bring up any of the big world events that have ever happened, it's almost like they have an identity of their own, so you can't even approach anything. Right. Like You can't talk about 9-11, you can't talk about the Oklahoma City bombing unless you had somebody actively involved, mm-hmm. you know, and so... When it comes to the Pulse shooting, you know, I used to be gay and I have gay friends and I lived most of my life as a gay man. So I had an active voice in that, whether they want to hear it or not, um, because I spent a large portion of my life um, feeling like I was gay, living in the gay life, um, a larger portion than I have living out of it, mm-hmm. you know. So when it comes to uh, this topic, like I've had 
horrific things happen. You know, I gave you one event, but when, right. you know, like short list, when I was seven, my best friend was killed on Halloween by, he got run over by a car. When I was mm-hmm. six, my mom tried to shoot herself with a shotgun. When I was six, also my brother introduced me to pornography and masturbation. Mm-hmm. And all throughout my life, my dad was in my brother's life because my brother was just doing horrible things. And so if I look back from you know a six-year-old standpoint mm-hmm. i hated everything about god because i'm six years old why could why would he allow any of this to happen mm-hmm. but now as i look back i have had a lot of stuff bad happen to me and i'm not comparing it with other people's bad stuff but when it comes to having a conversation like this i can weigh in on it you know i haven't been job by job in the bible you know by any right. means but there has been a lot of shit that's oh sorry <laughs> um there's right. been a yeah. lot of stuff that's uh hit my table and mm-hmm. you know i remember reading this one book and the the front cover of the book had 10 diagnostic questions about whether you should read the book and i answered all 10 questions yes mm-hmm. but i lied about one of them because i didn't want to seem really crazy mm-hmm. but there were two schools of thought there. The enemy said, wow, you're really broken and useless. And God says, no, you're broken and and useful because you've been through a lot and now I can use you in a lot. Right. And so I I think the maturing process, I think allowing God to give you some answers or give you peace where there are no answers. That's kind of where my head rests on all of this. Um, I do believe God uh, sometimes allows bad things, but I also know that when a forest burns down, it helps the plants reproduce. You know, um, some of the plants release their seeds because of mm-hmm. heat, and it's a resetting process. I don't believe God's in the process of resetting humans. You know, mm-hmm. but I I believe He's in the process of grace, mercy, and redemption for us, or else He wouldn't have sent Christ to die on the cross for our sins. You know, mm-hmm. but when it comes to this bad stuff, I think nowadays. Um, I have a more eternal viewpoint on it. It doesn't mean that I don't have a small fit in the beginning, you know. Right, that doesn't mean you struggle. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, that was a, that was an aside. <laughs> that you don't struggle, rather. but yeah. No, no, that's... What I want to make sure is that... The, you know, we're sharing views, we're sharing ideas. Right. Okay, and again, we're not trying... I'm, I'm not trying to convince you, you're not trying to convince me, we're just right. sharing our perspectives. Yeah. And and for the most part, I think that's kind of in line with my wife, with Gina's view. Right. And I can agree with a lot of that. Uh, but when I always fight her, and I and I know a lot of Christ followers fall into this rut, where they take one scripture, one piece, couple of scriptures, whatever it may be, yeah, and they base an entire belief on that. And and they say, well, everything else is discounted except for this, right? And and that's not exactly where I stand at, but it's like reading the front page and the back page of Moby Dick and making up the story on your own. To a degree, I mean, I I still hold you know the entirety of the Bible uh, true, right? It's just this really stands out to me. Yeah. So do do I believe God allows bad things to happen? No. Okay. Based only on this. Yeah. And, and and this is the one thing I always, you know, bring up. It's from Matthew 7, 7, 9. Or, uh, or I'm sorry. From Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. And it reads, Or what man is there among you who, 
If his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? So, I read that, yeah. and, and, and that, maybe it's just me, but clearly says good things. God is, is giving you good things. So I, Right, and the interpretation of that is... Can bad things not bring about good things? Right. No, and yeah. and I want to I want to get to that point. <laughs> no, I, I can still agree to that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think. Here's how I view it. Yeah, go ahead. God's not Lex Luthor, standing up on the tower, looking down on Metropolis, and, and he's, he's rubbing his hands together, coming up with a concoction, and saying, in? "Huh, Mar- Marvel or DC?" That's DC because oh, he's okay. A, okay. a Superman villain. Okay. But yeah, he's yeah. just he's not a he's not a supervillain. Or even a superhero standing right. on top of the tower, looking down on the city and saying, "Okay, I'm going to let, I'm going to throw this <laughs> this bomb down here, yeah, and let's see what happens. What good can I make of it?" Well, I, and it's semantics in what we're saying too. Does right. God cause bad things, or do, does God allow bad things? God wouldn't be the one throwing the bombs, right? Which is where yeah. where this next part comes in. Uh oh. Okay. More questions. No, no, no. Not not even a question. <laughs> this is part of the answer to the yeah, question yeah. is that, okay, if all good things come from God, right, mm-hmm. all good gifts, etc. So where does the bad stuff happen? Or where does it come from? And the way my view of that stuff is that we're living in the world. You know, we're, we're, we're on this big old green and blue dusty ball that, you know, a hurricane forms tomorrow or a tectonic plate shift, or a dude that's desperate for money is hiding behind a yeah. alley with a gun. Yeah. It comes with the field. It comes with the territory. So you have to experience the bad stuff when you're living in on, in the world, in the yeah. earth. Regardless of whether you believe in God, regardless of whether you believe good things from, come from God. That's where I see the bad stuff comes from. Uh huh. That's just uh, that's that's what informs me when stuff like this happens. Right. You know? Okay. So, do you believe God actually has His hand? We kind of talked a little bit about this, but do you believe He actually has His hands on what we perceive as bad things? I don't believe anything happens without God's knowledge. You know, I've always heard that whatever happens goes across God's desk first. Mm-hmm. You know. And I know for my life, whether you whether you perceive, you know, as a Christian, I perceived homosexuality to be a bad thing for me. And I know there's varying degrees of uh, people in the world that believe lots of different things. For, but for me personally, it was a bad thing. And it was also the only thing that was in my life that pointed me towards God. Because I didn't want it. I didn't want to be that way. And mm-hmm. I didn't want that for my life. And I tried desperately for 10 years to try to make that life work. And then when I realized that homosexuality and Christianity are diametrically opposed to one another, it's not in God's plan, then God was the only one that could help me with that. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, God had allowed my life to, to steer towards that point. And so... You know, 
like I said, it can be perceived as bad or good. Uh, a lot of people view it differently, but for me, it was a bad thing that um, I had lived personally, and I needed God to help me out with it. You know, and well, and if so, it was a bad thing that brought me back to God. Mm-hmm. No, and I, uh, the the idea is to one day sit down and actually talk about your ministry and what you do and what you've experienced. Right, because and, and I don't mean to like interweave it, but it's part of my life. You know, I'm right? Not, no, I'm that's... not trying to throw it in for for pointers, but it's like. If at any point you would look at my life, mm-hmm. I have every right to be, to do anything I want. I, I My life has been, was the product of a bipolar mom, a religious dad, and a sexually abusive brother. And so mm-hmm. if there's anybody out there that deserves to have a good life in the world standards, it's me. But at the end of the day, God says, you know, my son hung on a cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you still have your life and you didn't die for what you believe in yet, you know? Um, but the other thing, you know, to to kind of go in line with your your idea that good things come from God, mm-hmm. God talks about how in the last days, you know, in, in, the, in the New Testament, Christians will be persecuted. Right. You know, so those, I, I see those as persecution doesn't mean we're going to be holed up in a spa getting our toes done, you know? Um, right. I see that as things that come about. I mean, me right now, mm-hmm. I chose to work at SeaWorld and I chose to walk out of homosexuality. I mean, what else do I want to do that the world hates? You know, what else mm-hmm. can I do? Um, but I think about that every day. The The whole of the world may look like they hate me, but then there's one or two people that love for what love me for what I stand for and I min- minister to them by the life that I've led. You right know, and the pain that I've allowed God to redeem, but anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I just you and I have a rapport. I mean, we we've known each other for the longest time. Oh yeah, for sure. A yeah. lot of yeah, our listeners are people that we. I know. would politely debate with you any day. I yeah. don't. I don't usually talk with people about this kind of stuff because it mm. makes my stomach sink like I'm on a roller coaster. But I respect you, and you're mm. way smarter than I am in some ways. So. Yeah, no, that, and way more dedicated. Like, like you set up all this stuff, and and I just get to come here and talk. So, oh no, yeah, no, for yeah. sure, I respect you. No, no, yeah, we, we respect each other, and I just, I want anybody who listens who doesn't know you to understand your story. Yeah, to understand where you come from, where your ideas, where yeah, yeah. your 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 history brought you from, and uh, I'm I'm playing I'm playing defense for you. Oh, good. In, in a sense, yeah. I'm being I'm being. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know all the football terms. Am I being the linebacker? I'm I, trying to, I yeah. Don't know. Okay. Quarterback, yeah. quarter pounder, something like that. <laughs> Fall back. <laughs> Lean forward. No, that's the time thing. That's, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think at the end of the day, regardless of any sexuality, anything like that, for me, it's 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 Jesus first. Mm-hmm. It, it's God first. It has to be. Like, he's shown me over and over again that no matter, you know, like, I, I can tell you just briefly the fact that my mom died was a bad thing but Mm -hmm. the fact that she died was god's mercy as well because she was on a lot of pain medication she was on a lot of drugs and she had a lot of mental illness and so if my mom had lived past that point we were actually taking her to a drug rehab program we were getting her involved in one and Mm -hmm. if she had lived past that point you can get somebody off the drugs, but you can't get them out of an emotional state they don't want to come out of. 
Right. You know, and so I really feel like God's mercy in the badness of her death was the goodness that she's no longer in pain and she's no longer in turmoil. And I watched mm-hmm. her and, and was, was the direct, you know, uh, direct target of some of that turmoil mm-hmm. until I pulled out of her life, you know, and got to a safe distance. And so I don't know. I don't have, I don't have a, a PhD in pain, but I've seen a fair amount. You've, yeah, you know? I think yeah. more than most. I, yeah. I would certainly venture to say that. Um, as far as that question goes, and, and it goes along with what you just said, and I think, you know, that particular example is very, to, to most it'll seem extreme because, you know, mercy and death is, isn't usually put together. But, but yeah, I believe God uses bad things. I don't believe he causes them. Yeah, yeah, agree. But he can work in that. He can, he can you know, take a piece of poop and, <laughs> <laughs> and mold it into something that... Is, can be beautiful, you know. Yeah. It's sorry, I don't mean to put that, you know, that image in your head, but it's just, it's that diametric, you know, is 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 what he can do with the bad, okay? This is probably the toughest question I put together for, for today, and uh, it's, can anything so bad or evil ever happen that would make you give up on God? Or have you ever pondered that? No, I, I've never pondered that. And well, I, you know, I, okay, here's the, the way that I view that mm-hmm. is if somebody's got a gun to your head and they're telling you to reject Christ, I, I think I might have, you know, I might have a moment where I take a deep breath, mm-hmm. you know, but, <clears throat> and you know, if they started torturing you or whatever, or when I see these videos, of ISIS beheading people, you know, or like the the gay men that ISIS dropped, they dropped 20 men off of a roof because they were gay, right? you know, and yeah. it's like, you know, the first time I went to a gay bar, um, I walked out and my car wouldn't start, and so I came back the next day and there was a boulder, <laughs> like by two by two, by two weighed mm-hmm. about 60 pounds, it was thrown through the back window of my car, and I thought... Oh Lord, this is my punishment for going to my first gay bar. But they had thrown somebody out of the bar, and mm-hmm. he got mad and just picked up a rock and threw it at the first car that he that saw. That he found, yeah. Which was my car. Lucky and, you, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I would not. I, I can't think of an event in my life or the death of anybody or the loss of my house or anything like that that mm-hmm. I would give up on God. But I think if somebody had a gun to my head. You know, I'd have to be like Stephen in the Bible and just begin to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to just mm-hmm. help me through that moment and hopefully say something that's either going to diffuse the situation or to have one last stand where I share the gospel before I'm taken out. Mm-hmm. So I know that's kind of morbid. Man, this thing is no, no, no. downhill. <laughs> no, no. The, the thing is that one answer of this when I when I go through the questions and I look at the an- come up with a short version of an answer yeah I, I wrote down no but I don't know how I'd react okay true so yeah I can you know I can profess my faith from here to kingdom yeah. come you know and say no I'll never deny you and just like Peter you know I'll never deny you yeah and, and then all of a sudden something happens now I haven't I've I've seen violent situations yeah I, I've been at 
actually, I wasn't inside of the store, but I was at a Seven Eleven one time when it was getting jumped. Yeah. Gun gun situation. I was yeah. outside of a gas station one time, and a dude pulled up an AK-47 at the cashier. And you know, I've been in close contact to violence. Yeah. The gun's never been pointed at me. Okay. And that, and you know, we're talking about guns, but a situation so dire or so immediate hasn't been presented to me. So I can't say, okay, well, I was presented with that situation. I walked away from it, and I didn't doubt. But I just, I can't tell you, I can't tell you what my reaction is. I can yeah. be as much a pacifist as I want to be. Yeah. Um, like that, that was, you know, that's one of the, the, the difficult things I, I, I go through is being a pacifist and being a pacifist and trying to my best to be diplomatic and peaceful despite warring inside, you know, being upset. Again, I'm, I tried to the fullest extent one way. Yeah. But I pray, you know, the event never happens where I'm faced with that situation where I have to act outside of character or doubt or... I think of somebody specific, uh, a good friend of mine. Yeah. I won't say his name because I didn't ask for his permission to share this. Okay. But he went through perhaps one of the most horrific things you can go through. He lived in Alabama. He was there when, uh, you know, one of these night of tornado type yeah. situations where like four or five of them form up. Yeah. And he was in a building that was struck by the tornado. He walked away from it. We're talking about a Christ, uh, you know, a Christ follower, a believer. Yeah. He walks out of there and the carnage that he's faced with, bodies, pulling bodies out of a yeah. building. Yeah. Shocked him to the point where he's... I'm quite certain he doesn't believe anymore. I don't blame him, yeah. especially after going through something yeah. like that. So I haven't had my faith tested to that degree. I ponder it and I think about it and I say, oh, well, you know, even if that happens, I won't give up. Right. But I haven't experienced it, so I can't tell you. Yeah. It's too much of an absolute to ask. But I had to ask it, you know. It's yeah. just. Well, and, and I, I, my father was in his late 50s before he even got sick mm -hmm. I mean I'm talking a flu or anything but when he was in his late 60s he fell off a ladder and broke his hip first bad thing that ever happened to him and it shut down the rest of his life mm. you know it was no it was actually his his early 60s but shut down the rest of his life and when I was complaining to God one time about all the crap that's happened to me I said crap this time I did go. <laughs> um, God says well Look at your dad, you know. Mm -hmm. It's good that nothing bad happened to him, but when something bad happened, he didn't have anything to fall back on. Right. And he said, you know, your life may have been full of pitfalls, but you always know how to recover. You always know either to come to me or, or how to recover in a situation. It doesn't completely stifle you, you mm -hmm. know. And so when my mom, three days before my mom died, she asked me to pray for her, and I was like, all right, I'll pray for you, you know. And my mom and I, wouldn't, we're not communicating well. She slept in a recliner for two years, the last two years of her life. Mm -hmm. And then she asked me to pray for her a second day, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is odd, but I'll do it. And the third day I ended up praying for her was a little more spiritual warfare. you know. And most Christians will understand what that means. Most people won't. But then my mom died. Um, I'm the one that had to answer the call about 
organ donation and they were like has your mother ever slept with anybody from Haiti and I'm like for two years she hadn't even slept with my father you know um, and like all this stuff like if she had any diseases or whatever so uh-huh. I answered those questions um, got my dad through the next couple of days got rid of all the stuff my mom had hoarded my brother threatened to kill me um, he called me a fag and queer and all this stuff over the phone I left and then immediately on the plane like I started having these pains in my tailbone and I had a cyst that was about to rupture. I ended up burying my mom, flying home in the hospital the next day uh, for an all night stay and I'm like, oh God, what else you got? You know, <laughs> you're going to kill somebody else? But You know, what What other bad thing can happen? Right. And, and all this um, kind of happened at once but it was like I look back on all that and I really needed rest and I got it in the hospital bed you know Um, but then other situations happen and and it's like you know um, I I think I would have to see way more um, I think I've kind of matured to the point that whatever I see or whatever happens I see that there there's a God moment at the end of it There's, there's a moment where you know, I, I've counseled guys that have been raped. I've counseled guys that wanted to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that are still gay. And, I, and my counsel is not come out of homosexuality and you'll be fine. My counsel is don't let a guy treat you like that. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody treat you like that. Don't, you know, don't be the person that lets others get stuff over on you. You're still human, you know. Right. And so I think anytime I'm ministering to people that have been where I'm at, there's a certain amount of, of just ministering to their need first off, you know, and, and, and giving them a compassionate ear. But also at the end, you know, there's, I can't share any amount of healing, redemption, or grace, or any good thing that's happened in my life without mentioning the name of Jesus, you know, because mm-hmm. he's the one that's tied up all the loose ends in my life. And, and the ones that are still in process, he's in control of. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm going off on a lot of randoms. No, no, that's... These random thoughts are brought to you by Dayquil and Mucinex, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. You just you just always share from the heart. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, we, uh, we're at similar points. Uh, our upbringing is, is considerably different. But yeah. for me... You know, my I knew my dad. I met my my dad. I could count probably in, you know, two hands the amount of times I I met him and saw him and sat down and talked to him, etc. But growing up, you know, as a as a as a man, you have to um, hold on. I'm gonna sneeze. Stop. <laughs> oh. All right. Sorry about that interruption. I just I was about to sneeze. I didn't sneeze. Matthew had to cough. So okay. So my dad. Yeah. I knew him, but he wasn't an active superior active part of my life right so obviously you start surrounding or finding figures father figures male figures you know for me it was because it was instilled in me early on it was you know god christ etc because that's what we believed in the house and until i had a personal encounter that made it real for me you know that was it but you know and you formulate other things you know I, i always say you know the characters in the comic books or in the movies, etc. Those are that's where you draw your ideals from, right? Your manly ideals. But yeah, whenever I have something like that come up, 
you know, I fall back on on God. I, I that's my dad. You know, that's that's who I can turn to and speak to. Right. Yeah. So that I mean, I I'm just I guess I'm uh, I'm sharing with you in that. Yeah. In that kind of experience. Well, and and the thought that came to me is I don't <clears throat> I don't blame. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't blame or look down on somebody who has an experience like that and begins to doubt and puts mm-hmm. God in a different place because I think for the longest time, even though I don't doubt God now, there was a point where the Bible didn't describe the life I wanted to lead. The Bible described the life I wasn't supposed to lead. Right, yeah. So... I was like, well, I'm I'm an abomination. I'm outside the word of God, the will of God. Uh, I just won't even worry about God. But God had a way of keeping His hand on me, and He used my journals. And so, even in my writing, God always showed up when I wasn't confessing, you know, or professing to know God or or anything like that. I would write to Him and I'd talk to Him in my journals, and and I know people were praying for me, and so. I think when, when people have moments like that and they begin to doubt God and then God shows up again and they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that um, God is real, I think that perspective of having a moment of doubt, you know, it puts us in a great line of people who have doubted before, a mm-hmm. great line of people who have done things that, you know, um, weren't quote unquote what a Christian would do. Um and that's, I think for me, I can never look down on somebody for doubting because I know there were moments that I couldn't see how God would allow somebody to live the life mm-hmm. I've led. Um, but then when you're able to help somebody out of your circumstance and help somebody uh, through what you've been through or show somebody, you know, that their situation's not so bad. I, I had a friend of mine once that, you know, I, I told him I was having difficulty forgiving my mom, and he said, well, my mom physically and sexually abused me, so I think you could probably find a way to forgive your mom. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think you're right. And and it really helped mm-hmm. uh, in that moment, and it, it helped to have somebody who was vulnerable enough to share right. from yeah, that place. That's you know? where fellowship kind of yeah. builds up, n- not just, you know, your belief, but your your faith and your ability to, to walk through life. Right, and every mm-hmm. every society... Or every every aspect of society has it. Why do you think the LGBTQ community is so big? Because they found solace in one another's pain. They found solace in one another's pride, and and you know where they've been rejected by the church, or where they've been. And I'm just using them as a, as an example. The right. same thing with the African American community. You know, instead of being the one human family that we all that everybody touts all the time. I think there's those moments where we're uncomfortable, where we, we retreat back to the place where we're most comfortable, where we feel the most safe, whether that's the LGBT community or the African-American community or the Christian community. Right, any you any know. minority or yeah. not or even whatever, yeah, just whatever. a social grouping that makes you feel mm-hmm. safe. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's true. I can, I can attest to that being, yeah. being from where I'm from, Puerto Rico. Yeah. You know, I I, uh, I was well, just because of the I'm a little bit different. I was always interested in expanding the horizons of the people I meet and, and cultures, etc. But I saw it. I see it. I still see it here. You know, in Florida. Yeah. And we seek solace, and we seek comfort, and we seek 
um, a sense of belonging yeah. in our own group. Yeah. You know, Puerto Ricans get together and Puerto Ricans gather together. And to a larger extent, you know, just the Latin community. But Right. Yeah. Well, and that growing up in Oklahoma and not fitting in, I wasn't sports. I wasn't farmy. You know, farmy is not a word, but I'd use it anyway. Um, I just didn't fit in. And so I think spending my whole life wanting to get out and find a place to belong, I mm-hmm. easily fell into the gay community. But then I easily fell into any community because I didn't really fit in anywhere. And so mm-hmm. it it really has sparked in me. We talked earlier in our podcast about travel. Right. Like travel for me has, I think part of it has been a, to find a place where I fit in, but mm-hmm. also part of it is is finding a place to expand your horizons and meet new people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so interested in just being around the same people all the time. Now I get lazy <laughs> and hang around the same people, but I love I love meeting new people in small doses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to be honest here. Yeah, you know. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm there with I'm you. I'm slightly <laughs> introverted, you know, yeah. come to the house for a few hours, get out at night, <laughs> you know. All right, let's let's finish this up. What's a piece of advice you would give to somebody who's struggling with, you know, believing while bad things happen? I'd say. Or with just bad things happening. Feel your feelings. Have your moment. Don't let it. Don't let it define you. Mm-hmm. You know, I I let too many bad things define who I was for the moment, and then it was like you emerge from a haze and you get back to life. And so, I'm all about experiencing your emotions but mm-hmm. I'm about experiencing them in a way that they don't become the rest of your life you mm-hmm. know and and the way that it's kept me anchored is God and and my writing and things that matter to me my talents my abilities um are oh, you're, cha- you're channeling it yeah sinking your energy into mm-hmm. something that is going to have long-lasting value rather than just being you know depressed for seven years you mm-hmm. know and not talking about clinical depression or anything like that, but for someone who's just gone through something bad, um, there will be good times on the other side of it. And so mm-hmm. experience your bad stuff, but also allow the good stuff to flow through as well. You mm-hmm. know? Well, that's good. Uh, for sure, talk about it. Yeah. Sharing it. Don't just, you know, internalize it because that's where, that's where you know, to, and I'm sorry to put it in such a you know bad term, but admit it it turns into cancer, you know. It just it destroys yeah. you. Yeah, metastasizes. Yeah, it's awful. You know, you have to. I know it's hard to do so, but you have to share it with somebody. So right. it's kind of difficult. It's a difficult bridge to cross alone. You know, just pain and bad experiences. But also, and this one, I I don't know. It's because it's what helps me is to place the blame where it belongs. Right. So you know. Not to play the blame game, but don't blame the wrong person. Don't blame, don't blame God. Don't blame the devil. Don't blame, you know, the the rock you slipped on. Right. Blame, blame what needs to be blamed. Well, and in that process, grant forgiveness too. Correct. Yeah, because, it's not to be stuck you know, there either. Yeah. It allows it to pass out of your system, and you can move on. You know, don't hold on to it. I I held on. To a lot of bitterness for years, and then something happens. It, like one thing happened between me and my mom. A friend of mine was driving home from Las Vegas to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Her husband went to sleep at the wheel, and she died in the accident. Mm-hmm. And my mom and I had been in this huge fight. And when my friend died, suddenly the the fight with mom didn't seem so big. Doesn't really matter, yeah. And so 
I think if you're willing to to weigh <laughs> the circumstances and realize mm-hmm. that, you know, if you died tomorrow, would this have been worth the fight? You know, I, I think that's a big thing too. It's a maturing process, looking at things and saying, I know I'm wrong. I know they're wrong. Mm-hmm. I have to grant forgiveness. What does this person mean to me? And does a relationship mean more or does it not mean more? And either way, move on. Mm-hmm. You know, either grant forgiveness or grant and stay or grant forgiveness and move on. But don't let it impact the rest of your life and the rest of your decisions. Correct. You yeah. Know? yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, uh, if you want to reach to us, uh, our social media, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash wolf sheep pod. Uh, if you want to reach me, Luis, I am at uh, four, the number four, C.S. Lewis, L-U-I-S at gmail.com. Matthew Walker. I am at Big Fish Ministry at gmail.com and you can also read my blog at mattywalk.com m-a-t-t-i-e-w-a-l-k.com and uh, as always we hope we made you think Uh, check us out on iTunes drop us a review all that good stuff but from Luis Cavedo and Matthew Walker this is Wolf Sheep